This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. Tonight, family, we're talking about faith to move mountains, faith to move mountains. Where do we even get this expression from? You know, Jesus was going about doing good, healing the sick, curing the lame, all of those different things that he was doing. And he made this particular statement one time. Um, this is right after he had been transfigured. I'm in Matthew chapter 17. We're not going to teach too much tonight, but this was right after he had been transfigured. And then right after he had healed a demoniac boy, right? Um, it says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 19, just really quickly, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? So basically the disciples were trying to cast out this devil out of this boy, but they couldn't do it. So listen to how Jesus responds. He says, or the word of God says, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible to you man jesus said that if we have faith just the size of a mustard seed right i don't even know if y'all can even see see the see it on the screen when i put my hand up but he said this is jesus's words he said if you have faith as a mustard seed right then nothing shall be impossible unto you do we really believe that that's what I want to talk about tonight. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that if we develop this type of faith, that we strengthen ourselves or, or let the Lord strengthen us in our faith? Do we really believe that we can do the impossible? Do we really believe that we can have faith as a mustard seed, right? And this is what I want to explore tonight because I want to ask the question, why is faith so important to God? Why is faith so important to the Lord? Because the word says in another place that G Jesus is going to be looking for faith when he returns to the earth. He said, shall the son of man find faith when he returns to the earth? So that's what he's going to be looking for. That's one of the things that God wants to see. Give me one second. I'm going to text Justin and let him know it's cool to come on if he uh, comes on late. Um, sorry about that. I don't know. I don't feel like I didn't got stood up on a date or something. I don't know. I don't even know what this feeling feels like. <laughs> but that's all good. God is good. God is good. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's keep going. Man, oh, I'm buffering. See, I didn't even know I was buffering. But yeah. Um, all right, Lord. Let's turn this around. Glory to God. Say I'm going fine now. So this is what I want to do. I want to ask the question, why is faith so important to the Lord? So I was looking at Hebrews chapter 11 because Hebrews 11 is referred to as the faith 
chapter is referred to as um, the book that we go to when we want to learn about faith. And as I was really looking at this tonight, asking the question, why is faith important to God? The Holy Spirit began to minister to me on this topic. And when you read it, I'm just going to go through it a little bit slowly it says now faith i'm in hebrews chapter 11 beginning at verse 1 it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it the elders obtained a good report through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of god so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear by faith, and we're going to come back to some of this in a minute. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead yet speaks. So we're going to come back to that phrase, he being dead yet speaks. What the writer of Hebrews is really saying here is that, yes, Abel gave his sacrifice and it was a worthy sacrifice unto God. But even today, his sacrifice is still speaking, right? Even right now in this very moment that we're having this discussion, right, is saying that the sacrifice that Abel made, the faith that he had, we're still talking about it today. Then it goes on, verse five, it says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And then I want to focus in on chapter, I mean, on verse six real quick. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I want to talk about how it's impossible to please God without faith. You know, why are we having this particular solid talk? This is not, in my opinion, a fanciest solid talk topic to talk about. But I just want to talk about how important faith is and how we need it. It says once again that he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What is life about? Life is about returning to the Father. The whole point of life is to love God and love people. Those are the two greatest commandments that God commissioned us to do. He said we are to love the Lord our God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, right? And then he, yeah, and so he says that, but we can't love our neighbor until we first love God because God is love, so God being love and, and God giving us those commandments, the whole purpose of us walking this earth today is to return to the Father. By the grace of God, if you've been born again of the Spirit of God, it means that you've been adopted, that you now have God as your Father. It says that we gain the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So it means that we can call God our Father. Right. So once we become saved, we begin to go on this journey and the journey that we begin to take is really discovering who God is 
And as we discover who God is, that's when we begin to learn who we are. Because we can't really fully understand who we are until we understand where we come from. So there's a piece I did years ago called Halo Braids. I said, I can't be a man until I go to the one who made me. So once we become born again, that's when God makes us new. And sometimes we're starting from the ground up. Sometimes we might have had a few Christian principles here and there. But nonetheless, we become a new creation. We become a new creature. And now we are learning who is my father. And at the same time, we're learning that we're also learning about ourselves. So what really is happening is God uses circumstances. He uses situations for us to be able to learn who he is. He has many names. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of, who, of peace. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Right. I think Jehovah Nisi might be the Lord, my banner, if I'm not mistaken. So there's so many different things that God is called in the Bible. Right. And the way that we really begin to know who he is, because that's what Hebrews chapter six says. It says that whoever comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that seek him diligently. When we say that God is, it means that he is whoever we need him to be. It means that he's our source. It means that he's our father. It means that he's the one that we go to in time of need. It means that he's the one that we that we lean on when we're facing circumstances. He's the one that we give our burdens to. So we're on this sense of rediscovery Right. If you've been saved long enough, you know that you're not the same person today that you were years ago, that you were before Christ. Right. We're not where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be because there's something that he's doing on the inside of us. So we're learning now. Right. That he is all of these different things that he says he is. And he uses faith for us to come to that realization. He uses different type of situations to really test and say and, and see rather, do you really believe me when I say such and such? My word says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you really believe me when I say that? My word says, don't worry about the lilies of the uh, don't worry about, you know, feeding yourself or clothing yourself or providing for yourself. I'll take care of you just like I take care of the sparrows. I'll take care of you just like I take care of the birds. Right. Just like I clothe the, the lilies of the field and all of that different type of stuff. He's saying, do you really believe my word when I tell you this? Right now, why does God look for this type of realization or or recognition why why do we think he looks for that well for starters the first situation that he had with humans <laughs> that we're told of is adam and eve and adam and eve were two people that were given a word from god they were given a commandment from god they had a relationship with god and somebody else came along and told them something different. And when they told them something different and, and they chose to believe that report over God's report, what that meant was that Adam and Eve did not believe that God was. Or rather that God is because God told them something. Right. And that was the word of God. That was the truth. 
But then they said, okay, somebody else is telling us something different. So apparently God is not who he says he is. So a part of this walking out of our salvation, a part of this learning that we're doing, a part of this process of being born again is really God really testing us to see, do you really believe me? Do you really trust me? Do you really trust that I love you? Do you really trust that my word is what's best for you? Because when the serpent came and beguiled Eve, he gave her a word that she believed was better for her than the word that God had given her. And this is why when we experience faith, as a matter of fact, I'm going to invite somebody else into this discussion in case somebody else want to come on and, and talk about this topic. Just by chance, throw it out there. No pressure. Because y'all didn't got, well, not y'all. Brother Justin and got me teaching tonight. I'm about to get on him. But basically... What's going to happen is there's going to be the word of God that we can stand on. And then there's going to be a contrary opinion. There's going to be a different perspective. There's going to be something that contradicts what God has said. And usually the word that God gives is going to be spiritual. But the reasoning that the world is going to give that's going to come from the world might come from your family, your friends. They think they have a better way of doing it might come from the enemy. He thinks he has a shortcut. All of these different type of um, voices can come that are going to sound different from the word of God. And if we're being honest to the carnal mind, sometimes they even sound better than the word of God to the carnal mind. When the serpent beguiled Eve, he presented something to her that she looked at. She had God's word and his word, and she came to the conclusion, this sounds better. Sure, I can serve God and I can have every tree but this tree. And he said I should surely die. But let me let me let me look at your offer. It's almost like when a when a player is trying to choose what school he's maybe an athlete trying to choose what school he wants to go to. Let me see your offer. Or somebody's making a business proposition. Let me let me see what you're saying about this. What can you provide for me? And he provided something to her that was more ambitious. It was more appealing to her. It was a promise that she could basically have her cake and eat it too. You can have this fruit and you can be like God. And you can know good from evil. And when she saw that, she's, to the carnal mind, looks like a good deal. So oftentimes the situation is going to contradict God and it might not always even be positive. It could be God is saying, well, first of all, everything God says is positive. Let's get that straight. But it could be something like a healing. God is saying that you will be healed, but then the doctors may be saying that you have, you know, two months to live. You have four days to live. You, you have some crazy circumstance. It's un incurable. We can't do anything with it. We've never seen anything like this. Or they have all of these different type of reports. And God is asking, do you believe that I'm Jehovah Rapha? Do you believe that I'm capable of doing these things, right? Could be a situation with a job. I don't have the credentials for this job. Okay, that's what the world will tell you. That's what your carnal mind will tell you. I don't have the credentials for, these, for this job. But God is telling you that I can open doors that no man can shut and I can close doors that no man can open. God's word is telling you that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south, but it comes from the Lord. 
So you got these two propositions sitting on the table and God is saying, are you going to choose me? Are you going to believe me? And Jesus said, if you have this type of faith, you can do anything. You can move mountains. What are mountains? Mountains are situations. Mountains are circumstances. Sometimes mountains can even be people. You know, we ain't we ain't got no business, you know, moving people out the way. But sometimes God can move people out the way. That ain't supposed to be there. <laughs> Somebody know what I'm talking about. Um, he has a way of doing things. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He He is the way. Right. There's, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. So we have to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. And all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. This is what God is trying to get out of us tonight. He's trying to um, convey to us that we're moving into seasons where we need to have strong faith. We're dealing with situations in society that are going to challenge our faith. Much of what's in the word of God, this book right here, is now considered countercultural. This is now considered something that goes against a lot of the social norms that they're trying to develop. It goes against a lot of what's politically correct. So just living in the world period today means that we have to make a choice of who we're going to follow who we're going to believe. And if we do believe it, not only do we have to make a choice, but we have to make a stance. Because Jesus said that if you're ashamed of me before man, then I'll be ashamed of you before my father, which is in heaven. Okay, he says the link is not working. <laughs> Sorry about this family. Let me um make sure I'm sending him the right link. Just, just bear with me real quick. But that's the choice that we have to make, right? Um, he's saying that there will always be that other option. Oh, I, I see why the link isn't working. That there will always be that other option, right? Um, the word of God versus the the word of the world. Glory to the Lamb of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I did send him the wrong link, but <laughs> I don't think that's why he was late. We're going to find out when he get on. <laughs> Glory to the Lamb of God. We'll see if he pops on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, but brother, I love brother Justin. Um, Jay is is very strong in faith. You know, we we've talked about this a lot, and I, I do believe that the Lord has given him the gift of faith. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask him to come on tonight and just kind of talk about it. And I'm glad he's coming on. That way I ain't got to teach. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What I'm gonna do in the meantime before he gets here, I want to take a few comments and just kind of see what folks might be saying so far. And I greet everybody in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. But 
we're in this season where faith is going to be challenged. All throughout history, if you're a believer, faith is going to get challenged one way or the other. It's going to get challenged one way or the other. Glory to the Lamb of God. Sister Marcia says, discipline to do the work in what we have faith in. I agree. We need the discipline to do the work that we're having the faith in because we know the book of James says that faith without works is dead. So once we kind of get those um, those works in there, right, that's we understand faith without works is dead. God bless you, brother. God bless you. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm glad to have you. Um, man, I'm just kind of throwing you right in the mix. But, uh, man, brother, we're just on here talking about faith. We're just talking about about um, asking a question that I kind of sent you earlier. Why, why is faith important to God? Did you have any any time to think about that? Yeah, I had time to think about it. Well, you know, in Hebrews 11 and 6, it talks about without faith, it's impossible to it's impossible to please him. So basically, you have to have faith to please God. So you have to, you know, you have to walk, you know, walk out your faith. Because a lot of times um, we preach about faith, but we really don't act on it. Because, you know, it's like, you know, like if a person is sick or something like that, we know we have, you know, if they should lay hands on the sick and they should recover, the Bible says. So we really have to step out on faith and start praying for people and, and work out our faith. Because, like, if you don't work your faith, it's kind of like a muscle. If you really don't work it, it's not the fact that God loses his power, but we start to lack confidence in what, what he's uh, able to do. Yeah, man, the funny thing about that is we we got led to the same place, man. Um, that scripture that it's impossible to please God without faith. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of talking about that a little bit, um, a little bit earlier. But you know what's what's interesting? I was looking through this Hebrews chapter eleven. And when I was reading it, it really hit me that one of the reasons why it's important for us to have faith is it allows us to live the live out the fullness of God's plan for our life. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at all of these examples, I'm, I'm not going to go through all of them, but when you look at a lot of the reason why we're reading about the people that we know in the word of God today, it's because they had faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like in, in verse 7, I'm in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, by faith. All of these, ver- most of these verses you're going to hear, they're going to start with the phrase, by faith. So it's like when they had the faith, that allowed them to accomplish something. So it says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So that kind of speaks to a point that Sister Marsha was just talking about, about faith being accompanied with works. Yes. Um, Noah didn't see the rain come immediately. He just heard this word from God and was just like, okay, God is telling me this. I got to start to act on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like like she said, faith without works is dead. Like, um, when I first started walking with the Lord, I had like a, so the Bible said he gave everybody a measure of faith. So I had a pretty good measure when I first, when I first received the Holy Spirit. 
but I didn't really do, do anything. I just assumed, like, okay, I just believe God is supposed to do something. But I didn't come to a realization till later on in my walk that after work, you know, I have to do something. You know, we, we're not saved by works, but you have to show God that you're, that you truly believe him. It's just like kind of like, you know, faith work in our realms. It's like, let's just say in a financial situation, like um, a lot of times we say God is provided, but when you lose your job, do you still believe him? Like in the Bible said, God, you know, um, God is, you know, like he said, when, um, how can I explain this? How can I explain this? When he like, when I'm with Moses, Moses, like he said, I am, you know, God never changes. He's consistent. His presence is consistent. He is. He, he doesn't waver. He doesn't slumber or sleep like the scripture says. So if God is who he says he is. That he's a healer, a, a redeemer, a savior, all these things. He don't change. It's just our perception because we don't see it. And one thing I was um, reading about earlier um, was like in uh, Romans, like it starts with hope and hope leads to faith. Like hope is the beginning of faith. Mm. Yeah, man. God doesn't change. Mm. He doesn't change. Um, and that, that's what I was talking about, man. Like a lot of this walk is really just us learning that God is who he says he is, mm-hmm. you know, and he, and he chooses circumstances for us to realize that, you know, it's like, like Peter walking on the water. When he saw Jesus out there, he had that option to, to step out on faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard people preach before he stepped out on the word, the word come C O M E. And it's just like, you know, that was the word of God that he had to stand on. So he was literally standing on that until, you know, the storm started kind of coming a little bit. The wind started getting a little bit worse. And so when we think about that and what you were saying, there's always going to be something that's going to try to either distract us from the Lord or something that's going to create a different stance on what the Lord has already said. So how I'm going to ask you this question. How can we respond or how should we respond when maybe the Lord has given us something, but it seems like maybe for what we're seeing or the things that are happening around us, it seems like it's not happening the way that we thought it might happen. How do we keep faith in a situation like that? In that situation, it's kind of like in, um, in the book of Genesis, right? You know, God gave the word first, then the enemy came right behind you. And as you can see, it's kind of consistent in scripture. Like God, like, like in my in my life, this guy's it's certain promises that God's made to me. And like I don't see it yet, not even a, even a little bit, but I'm I'm confident in who God is. And then within God, I'll find my identity. And when you understand who you are in Christ and who he is, and you really spend time in his word and spend time with him, you know that his word will not return back void. Even if it don't look like it, sometimes it'd be flat out impossible. We all have work. Everybody over here probably had a word from God. They still holding on to this day. And it's just looking kind of like, are you going to do it? But if God said it, he's not a man that he should repent. What? He, he, he don't, he don't, he's not schizophrenic. He's not yeah. schizophrenic. He's not going to say something like, ah, I changed my mind. Never mind. He's, he's not flaky like people. We can trust in him. We can trust in his word. And we stand. And it's kind of like what you another thing I do is I speak the word over myself. I speak the promises of God over myself. That way I can always be reminded because you have to I constantly remind yourself, like God said it, He did it for Abraham, He did it for this person. Even in your even in your life, I can look at you and say, Okay, God did it for Greg, God did it for this person. I know He said He'll do it for me. And we have to stand firm on His word and who He is and who we are in Christ. 
Yeah, man. That's why it's so important to have examples, you know, like mm-hmm. examples in this word and just, just still in this chapter. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but mm-hmm. just looking at like verse eight, it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called out to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Mm-hmm. And he went out not knowing where he went. <laughs> right. Then it kind of talks about Isaac and Jacob and and uh, Sarah and all of these different people. But my point is that we have examples to lean on. And I like what you said about really keeping the focus on the Lord, mm-hmm. because when we start looking at other things or even start looking at ourselves, that's when I feel like the faith gets shaky because now we're not looking for the Lord to be the one to, uh, you know, deliver us or heal us or whatever it is. We're now focused on other things, you know, so it's important for us not to get distracted. Yes, that's very true. It's kind of like um, when um, Jesus, when he started walking on water and Peter was bold enough to step out, he only started sinking when he stopped looking at the Lord. And it's kind of like another instance when Jesus was sleeping in the boat and like, um, you know, you know, then the storm came. I was talking to one of my friends earlier, and I was like, man, I put myself in a situation. Like, me personally, I can't swim. So if Jesus was asleep, I'd be like, look, G, you need to wake up. Look, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't, look, I, I, we're drowning. But then again, before that, in, this, in that verse, he said, let's go to the other side. That was his word. We're going to the other side. We're going to make it through the other side. God, you know, and Jesus knows everything. So he knew the storm was going to come. And he then he asked them, where's your faith? And I was wow. thinking that situation, like, it's water in the boat. I can't swim. I ain't Peter. Peter fishing. He probably him and the brother know how to swim because they they own water. Maybe this just say I'm, I'm like I'm probably Matthew or something like that. I'm the task. Okay. No water. <laughs> Look, you need to wake up, Jesus. But one thing my friend said that stood out to me: we have to be confident in Jesus' presence that he will, he will make it, let everything be okay because we understand who he is. He know he we uh, understand he will take care of us no matter what the storm is. Cause we all go through storms in life. We all go through dry seasons in our life. We have to be confident in who he is. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm thinking about when he was on that boat, Jesus was asleep. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think about is, like you say, Jesus knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but he was sound asleep. And I think one of the reasons why is because he wanted them to call upon him. Yes, You know, he wanted them to seek him in that moment. I know this is the Lord speaking. I know you're going through things. I know, but I want you to call on me. So they had to go and and wake him up, shake him up, you know, and um, that's just important because we don't know when the storm is really going to come. You know, sometimes we can see the clouds forming and stuff like that. But in life, stuff can just hit you from any direction. Mm-hmm. So you could be living and just, you know, it's just Saturday. And by Sunday, all of a sudden, something comes out of nowhere to try to shake you. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to have what the Bible calls a firm foundation. Yes. Because once once we build that foundation, then it's like whatever happens after that, you still always have something to fall back on. Yes, that's completely true. And I was, um, I'm like reading like Luke chapter six and like my, my study time. I think it's Luke chapter six, if I'm not mistaken. We're talking about like um, when he said, uh, who, "Who's he dealing with?" Jars. I'm not really good with names, but anyway, like the um, the person that wanted his daughter healed, and he said, "Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just say the word." Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting because this man is mentioned one time in scripture, and like 
he understood who, who, who Jesus was. He understood that he was a healer. He understood that his word carried weight and his word would not return to him. And this part, like, he's the only, this the only time he mentioned the scripture. And it's like, he understood that God, don't, he don't have to be physically in the vicinity for something to happen. God can send his word. And a lot of times it's kind of like, we can like, you know, we can do the same thing. Let's just say, I'm, like, I'm, I'm praying for you, brother. And have you ever been in a situation, I know I feel this before, where I asked the person to pray for me and maybe they, you know, maybe we went on the phone, but I felt them praying for me. You know, a lot of times, you know, his, his word, it travels. We have to really believe that he's with us and we're going through it for a reason. He's going to deliver us. And another thing that stood out to me, he marveled at his faith. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a little bit over, that's what, uh, what we were just talking about, how that was on the boat and things like that. And he asked, where is your faith? It's just interesting that the disciples walk with Jesus all the time in his presence, always around him, watching him do miracles, watch him do all these things. And here this man heard about Jesus. We don't know if the man been around him or not, but he believed in who he was. And if, I think I really believe faith come by the knowledge of God. Like I heard a man of God say, like, your faith is based on like how much you know about God. And a lot of times you, you learn by God in the word, but also it's come through your experiences with God. Because a lot of times we had these experiences and we can stand on there like like me. Um, I, I told you this before, I'm a cancer survivor. So I know God's a healer and he saved me. So I know he's a redeemer. A lot of times mm-hmm. if people have experienced God in that, in, that, in that way. It's not the fact that they, they won't believe it, but an experience will really strengthen your faith because it's something tangible. Because like faith is something you really can't see, but when it comes to you, when it comes to your house, it's hard to let go of. I know God's a healer, and no can nobody tell me different. Yeah, because you went through it. Yep. Yeah. Man, that's 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 amazing, man. Praise the Lord. Mm. I'm just thinking about going through those circumstances, man, going through those situations. It's like learning more about God's character. And it's so fun when you learn more about who he is, because every time you learn something new, it's it's something good. You know what I mean? It's like one of them old songs says, every day gets sweeter as the day goes by. And let me ask you this question. Do you feel like we can know who God is without going through experiences or do you feel like we need those experiences to know who he is? And I'm asking you because of this, mm-hmm. because I, I know how God works. Like you just explained. Mm-hmm. So really early on in my walk, I'm, I'm one of these type of people. I don't like going through stuff. I don't like pain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, I don't like anything like that. So I was just like, you know what, God, I just believe that I just believe whatever your word says, I just believe you. Mm. And a part of me saying that was because I actually did believe him. But another reason why I made that declaration is because I knew that I didn't want to go through a lot of stuff, you know, but all of us eventually are going to go through something. So do you feel like we need those experiences to learn who God is or that we can just receive it without actually going through stuff? I was reading um, in a book about Dave Ramsey's and he said something to, you know, he's a, he's a Christian financial guy. And he said, I met God on the way up. I got the norm on the way down. Wow. It's, it's easy when you, when you on the, on your way up and you, you doing, you being real successful in life, you getting a career that you want and everything's going well. 
but you really get to know God in the valley. Like the wilderness is a place of sanctification and purification. We don't want to go through it. I don't like pain. I don't like stuff. My toe at night. I don't like none of it. <laughs> but the pain always come with a purpose behind it. It's kind of like if God, like, since I'm single, if I start dating somebody I was supposed to date, the Holy Ghost told me clearly that I stay away from her. When I start going through it, and then when God bring you out, you'll start having a different perspective of, I should listen to him the first time. Because a lot of times, some experiences, we go through things that's unnecessary because we didn't obey the divorce of the Lord. Like, we didn't obey his scripture or the word, big word, you know, to us. So, we have to have an experience to get a better um a better understanding of God because without the experiences, how would you know? How would wow. you know? Yeah, man, that's a good point, man. And it's, and, and really, even though the circumstances don't always feel good, that's the place where we find victory. We find victory in the situations that deal with the faith, just like we would, the folks we were reading about in Hebrews and all of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brother Justin dropped off. But just like the folks that we were reading about in Hebrews, um, they live abundant lives. And the the abundant lives that they lived oh, were sorry. um no, it's all good. Uh I'm listening. Yeah, I was just saying that that even though circumstances don't always feel good. Mm -hmm. that's where we find the victory. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like in order for you to kind of have like the greatness, you got to hit the game when it's shot. Like you got to be in a circumstance where, okay, my team is down in the fourth quarter and I got to rally back and actually make this game when it's shot to really recognize the glory. So when we're dealing with the Lord, really, if we want to get the fullness out of everything that he has for us we have to be in circumstances sometimes to really realize his glory you know the people that we read about in the word of god is because they stepped out and did something that was unconventional it's because they stepped out and they did something that didn't make sense to the people around them so then it's like okay there's probably thousands of people um that could have been in the bible that didn't make it in the Bible because maybe they heard the voice of the Lord and they were just like, man, I don't know. Or man, I don't know if I have enough courage to do that. I don't know if I have enough, you know, um, talent to do that. I don't know if I have enough, whatever, whatever it is, right. They might've listened to another voice. So sometimes we desire, cause Jesus said that I want you to have life and that much more abundant. Sometimes we desire, a lot out of life but those real victories and that real praise is going to come through when god really takes us through some things yes that's that's right man like um like back to what i was saying earlier about me being a cancer survivor like after i went through that it got to the point i got i, I kind of got the i got the mentality of david it was good that i was afflicted because like when he brought me through that i had a whole different perspective on him and then there was like the um the the way for me to uh, find him because when you, a lot of times people are not gonna see God until you start going through something. It's kind of sad at the same time we know how good God is regardless of what we're going through. But sometimes when the fire gets turned up, that's when we start seeking and looking for a solution to the problem. 
And um, I just remember being in, in the dark moments and as I was younger and as I keep uh, walking with the Lord, trying to start to understand him better, understand why things happen. Because a lot of times, you know how atheists are, people that don't believe, they always asking, if God is so good, why would he let, let this so-and-so happen? God, like God don't change. Like we have to understand. Like you know, the enemy does stuff too. And sometimes some things are of our own doing. Like we can't give too much credit to the devil because we have free will. But as we go through things and go through um, go through life, we have to understand that God gonna be with God be gonna be with us. And honestly, he he never departs from us. You know, a lot of times people say they don't feel God's presence. God's presence is consistent. There's no highs and lows in God. It's just you have to be aware of his presence. I got once I had the revelation, honestly, I feel God all the time now. I don't have to be at church and they play the drums and you know, raise your hand like this and tell your neighbor, no, no, I I feel God all the time. That's because I'm aware that he will never leave me and forsake me. Even in my darkest moments, I'm aware of, or that he's with me and whatever I'm going through, it's gonna turn out for my good. Wow. Yeah, man. Praise the Lord for that, man. We, I, I agree that we begin to see God all the time in everything. You know, even the smallest things you begin to say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this situation? What are you what are you teaching me through that thing that I just witnessed? You know what I mean? And and as he continues to explain those things to us, as the Holy Spirit continues to minister to us, that in and of itself starts to strengthen our faith. Yes. Because now it's like, I'm not just reading this word and, you know, just that's it. Now I'm actually having a a communion with God. I'm actually having a relationship with the spirit of God. So I'm able to realize and perceive so many more things, you know. And it's just right on time what you said, because I see a comment here from uh, Sister Deidre. She says, my character was refined in the fire. That's right. Like you know, that. there, there's that's a refinement. Cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of times people, people, people avoid the fire. And it's kind of like when I read the story about um about Daniel and uh, the three Hebrew boys, I was thinking to myself, like, I love their confidence. Like, we we know God can deliver us, and just in case he don't, we will not bow. And I was just thinking to myself, like, they'll just that's a really good place to be in is in the fire. Cause I read the book um, by um, Marcus Rogers. It said on the fire to be on fire. He said, you have to get comfortable in the fire and not get burned. You have to be, you have to get in the fire and let God refine you because a lot of times he'll put you in the fire to make you better. So you come forth as gold as the scripture says, and I believe in Job. So mm-hmm. the fire is not a bad place. It's just a lot of times it's just a place um, where you get uncomfortable. And one thing I learned about God and then I'm still learning is He's always in a place where you're most uncomfortable. Like me personally, I don't know, like speaking in front of anybody in any situation at all. But he always meet me there and give me the confidence to understand that I will be with you no matter what. Whether the fire is seven times hot, like the scriptures say, a hundred times hot. And on map is so hot, it's burning up the whole forest. I'm going to refine you. I'm going to be with you. And no matter what, I will never leave you. And... If you just put your trust in me and not no confidence in yourself or any other man, I'll see see you through whatever you're going through. Yeah. And and can we really grow without being uncomfortable sometimes? Most growth happens from discomfort. Like you work out so you know in order to actually grow and build, you got to get uncomfortable sometimes. You have to go through some things. Um, so we just got to keep the faith, man. We got to be encouraged. We got to 
really understands God's understand God's timing. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times we want the things to happen when we want them to happen, but but God kind of uh, works when He works. You know, but sometimes I believe it's like God will give you what you need when you need it. You know what I mean? I've been in situations where it seemed, it, from my perspective, it seemed like this is it. Lord, if you really need this thing done, God, I need you to move. And he's moved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, for example, I, I remember when I first started making the music, I, I had written this song and I was trying to find a beat for it. And I was searching through Instagram and stuff like that. And I just was up one night. I had been searching for weeks, right? And I was up one night and I said, Lord, you know, um, you gave me this song. See, sometimes you got to repeat the word of God back to him. (laughs) I said, Lord, you gave me this song. I want to do it, right? I want to record it, but I can't record it if I don't have an instrumental, if I don't have a beat. And uh, right in that very moment, I, 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 I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, "Search Christian producers." Because at first I was looking for DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia producers. So I searched Christian producers, and long story short, the guy who ended up doing the beat, he had uploaded it literally like eleven minutes before I searched that hashtag. Wow! And um, we both kind of knew that it was the Lord's timing. You know, another situation like that, I remember that I think it was a situation where somebody had gotten killed by the police or something like that. Like uh, a young black male had gotten killed by the cops. And this was when I was really kind of like heavy on that. And I was just like, Lord, and I was I was young in my walk. And I was like, Lord, I don't understand, you know, what's happening with black people in this country. And I'm to the point now where I'm just ready to like lose my faith if I don't get some answers. And literally that's in that same moment, I was catching the train home. I got off at the bus stop and it was pouring down raining outside. I mean, just literally pouring down raining. And this lady was in the rain preaching the word of God. She was didn't have any umbrella, didn't have a microphone or anything, but she was just literally preaching at the top of her lungs about who Christ is, about who God is and how everybody needs to repent and get saved and all of that. And I knew that God had spoke in that exact moment. And those situations like that kind of teach me that things happen in God's timing, Mm -hmm. but God also knows when we need what we need. (laughs) <laughs> like both of those situations, I was kind of at at almost like a breaking point or or a point of failure. You know, it was almost like a point of failure personally. And then God was like, OK, you finally come to the end of yourself. And now I'm going to step in and show you who I am. Yes, that's uh, one, one thing the Lord dropped to my spirit is the Holy Spirit begins at the end of you. And um, I, I, he told me that about about a year and a half ago, and it's something that it really resonated with me because it's like a lot of times with circumstance and, you know, different things happen in our life, we always question, like, all right, God, where are you? Now, honestly, God is always around. He's always watching because, you know, the Scripture says so. But another thing I understand is 
God knows, he knows the end from the beginning. So he knows the end of our life. He just, he knows everything. And every circumstance, he's always going to be waiting at the very, very moment to give you an answer. Because think about the, the thing you just said. The woman, you just got off the train. What, what's the likelihood? Because, you know, you, you don't see street preaching all the time. I mean, it ain't just something we need to see it more. Praise God. Mm-hmm. You know, let's pray that, the, you know, Lord, send laborers. What's the, what's the likelihood that that woman standing at that, that exact moment? He knew you would get to that point that you need to hear that, that you need to see that. And it's just always like, what what, what the uh, older saints say? Like, he, he may not come when you want to be. He's always on time. Hey, that's just what it is. Like, sometimes in my life, God, God be him buzzer beaters. Like, you literally be at the point of like, all right, look, I don't know how this is going to get paid. I don't know what. Look, they want to come take it, Jesus. Look, what's up? Like, I'm short. <laughs> but what happens is he gonna, he always show himself strong. Like, in your hardest moments, you got to be like, look, I'm going to trust you. I don't know what, how it's going to happen. This thing, you know, at that point, a miracle happened. Like, that was a miracle, in my personal opinion. Like, what happened with you? That was a miracle, man, because what's the yeah. likelihood? And it's at the bus station? Come on, man. That's, I mean, train station? Come on. Yeah, it was It was a miracle. It was <laughs> <laughs> you're exactly right like there's no real explanation other than god and all it did really was just strengthen my faith yes you know it just it just grew my faith strong it just showed me that listen i don't have to worry it's like that scripture says don't worry about anything don't be anxious about anything just pray to god with thanksgiving and just believe that he's going to do what he said he's going to do you know um count it all joy when you when you face trials and stuff like that man i want to shift gears a little bit and i want to ask you this question about something that i see going on in our culture today okay and you could tell me if you notice this and if you and what you how you perceive it so i'm seeing a lot of people developing faith mm-hmm but they're not always developing faith in christ um we talked about this on another solid talk me and his sister nicole um but you know this whole idea of like manifesting your destiny or uh even speaking things into existence that seems to be something where people have faith but it's not really in god so let me ask you this question do you feel like first of all do you notice that and then secondly do you feel like our society is longing for faith right now and it's just misplaced for some people uh yes what you're talking about is part of the new age movement it's kind of like um everything in the new age movement it comes from christianity like it's kind of like um like manifesting like things like you write it down and you just you say it over and over again. It's basically like um like like the law of attraction. That's what I'm thinking of. The law of attraction. The law of attraction is basically faith without Jesus. And there is no faith without Jesus. Because you put your faith in yourself and you put your faith in things, a lot of people in that movement, that's why they're miserable. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna ever have true peace until you find God. You just not. Like you can have all the stuff, all the things and things like that. And um one thing I understand, it's kind of like in the book of Genesis, like um, that when Satan went to Eve, he, he wanted her to have faith in herself and not in God's word. So basically, like the enemy, a lot of times he don't, he don't make up a new lie. He just he used the same thing over and over again. 
and like when people keep putting their confidence in themselves, like, oh, I did 50 affirmations. Affirmations are not the money because um, I use, I, I said biblical affirmations, like, I'm the head, not the tail. Like, you know, all these things that the guy, uh, whatever God says about me, I, I wrote it down, and I said it over myself. So there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like you, you get an error when they get to the point where you start asking for stuff and things, and it's like, why, why do you need a Rolls Royce? Is anything wrong with it? No. It's okay to have nice things. There's nothing wrong with that. But what is the purpose of this? A lot of times we ask for stuff, but it's like, are we going to use it for the glory of God? Or not, you know, or are we going to use it for our, our selfish, you know, consuming of our own lust? But at the end of the day, like, um, I did a little research about the word, not word of faith, I'm sorry, about the, um, new, you know, new age and stuff like that. And um, basically, it's all demonic. And it's basically like putting confidence in yourself. And we spoke with confidence in Christ and in his word. And, um, Honestly, man, like God gonna do a great revival because like a lot of times it's a lot of people, you know, some revival going on right now, like online and in, in the world, and it's getting stronger and stronger where those people in those type of movements, they're starting to find Christ because like a lot of times God'll let you go down the whole entire path and you let he'll let you get real high in something. Then he'll come save you, then you can lead a lot of other people to Christ. I just seen it happen, like people real high in divination and tarot card reading and twin flames, all that type of stuff, all the stuff part of the new age movement and stuff like that. They get real high up, start making a whole bunch of money, then God saved them. This thing, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, Jesus is the way. So a lot of times, the devil just wants you to put confidence in yourself. Like me personally, all the places that I'm weak with, the Bible says I'm strong. Let the weak say they're strong, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't, I can't put confidence in myself to be who God wants me to be because I need to depend on him. Because without him, what can we do? Even Jesus said, outside of me, what can, you can do nothing. Yeah. Yeah, we can't do anything outside of him, man. And I want to see that revival. I want to see it. I, I do see it happening here and there. You see new saints every day um, that are just coming to know Christ. And it, it really goes to show you, <laughs> it almost made me think about, you You know, Muhammad Ali and the rope-a-dope? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, uh, for anyone who doesn't know. So I think Muhammad Ali might have been fighting George Foreman, right? Yeah, George, yeah, George yeah. Foreman, yep. Yeah, George Foreman. And so it's like um, they're fighting now. Now, I'm going to make this quick, but George Foreman is much bigger than Muhammad Ali. He was one of the hardest punches of all time. I know y'all see him making George Foreman grills right now, and he just look fat and happy like he eats burgers. But he was actually like a hard hitter like Mike Tyson. And he's fighting, and he was intimidating too. He was intimidating like Mike Tyson back then. So... He's fighting Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali gets him in the corner and he Muhammad Ali just has his guards up and he's letting George Foreman beat up on him seemingly. Right. Like he's hitting him in the guards and hitting him in the arms. Seemed like he getting some shots in and all of that. And all of a sudden, once George Foreman got tired, um, Muhammad Ali came back and he actually won the fight. And that's what I thought about when you were saying how God lets us kind of um go down the wrong path for a long time there's a strategy that god has in a lot of our lives <laughs> like you said he knows the end from the beginning so he'll let us kind of um almost beat up on ourselves if you want to look at it that way he'll let us kind of do these things that that are detrimental or look detrimental only to come back and give us victory through him yes. so um 
man, it's it's just so important, man. But I just had to ask about that whole new age movement because I see it so much. People mm. are turning to to spiritism mm. and new age, and it, it's it's like man, you see it because you know folks are hungry. And, you know, it's like you got some type of faith because you believe in it and you thinking the stuff work. Maybe it is working. You know, the devil can bless sometimes, too, and stuff like that. But um, but it can't sustain you. And like you said, it can't bring you joy. Yeah. Um, yeah a lot of these movements, man, like the Eastern religions, like one thing about America, overseas, we understand witchcraft is super strong over there. Like all type of stuff going over there. The thing in America, witchcraft is very subtle. It's like slow to creep seeing. It's kind of like. Put something that's slow. It's kind of like a, a boat that's in, a, in a, like a wind, steady blowing it real slow. And it's like it's creeping in even to the body of Christ sometimes. Because sometimes people be on like into yoga. You know, yoga is always demonic. Some people don't know that. They don't know because they don't understand the the, um, the spirits that's behind it. They think it's just all innocent. There's no wrong with the stretching, but it's like you know, the stretching is okay. But it's like the other forms of it. like even some forms of um, martial arts. Martial arts are okay, but like to discipline yourself, but when it gets to the point you get get to the core of it, you know you can you can um, get you know it'll get some bad spirits in that way too. And another thing about it is it's kind of like how I am, like I hunger and thirst for the presence of God and the power of God because I understand it's effective. And we all long for the presence of God. So what, what the enemy does, even 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 if we not Christians, we long for the power because think about like why are, um. The Avengers and all the Marvel movies so, so, so good and people love them because like it's the it's the concept of wow Thor is powerful he can fly he can do this, you know he got mirror there whatever the name of the hammer is you know the Hulk he's real strong and things like that, and um, you know faith is like a you know everybody has faith but it's also in Corinthians it's a spiritual gift the gift of faith, and um, through the gift of faith most you know all the other gifts are possible because if you don't believe God. For to be a healer, he's he not gonna move. If you don't believe God gonna, gonna give you the Holy Spirit, you, you can be tearing or seeking or how whatever church believe in <laughs> forever. But until you you must believe that he is, he's not gonna move. But honestly, the revival is happening, it's coming, it's actually here, it's just it's um picking the momentum. And honestly, uh one thing I understood, uh, one thing I understand is the way God loves to do things is he like to give people um, no other alternative. Like, think about, like, overseas, like, people are very, very poor. So, God will have to hear me. I can't afford to go to the doctor. So, Jesus, if you don't do it, that's it. Because, like, a yeah. lot of people, um, when I when I study different people, when they go overseas, the revival is very, very strong over there because they really in a, in a circumstance like, Jesus, I don't have enough, too much of a choice. Over here, we're, we're such a wealthy nation, we feel like, okay, God don't do it. I got a toothache. I've got them, don't go to the dentist. Over there, they're like, look, I ain't got no insurance. I ain't got no job. Jesus, look, I believe in you. We believe you. I'm talking about a person can preach 10 minutes and the whole church tore up. Over here, it might take a whole hour. And one wow. thing I learned, like the day of Pentecost, they waited 10 days for the Holy Ghost. And Peter, Peter preached 10 minutes and 3,000 people got saved. Wow. It's just it's about praying and spending time with God, man. And like, and back to the other point, people, people long for the presence of God, whether they know it or not. Because a lot of times... People get saved because they're looking for love. They found it in Jesus. Sometimes they're looking for a father figure because a lot of people don't, you know, especially in the African American community, we don't have we don't have fathers. I have my father in my life, but we could find, you know, he's a father to the fatherless. That's scripture. 
So everything we need can be found in God. A lot of people don't think that because a lot of times when Christianity gets um, introduced to people, they think it's just about regulation rules. Oh, I can't drink. I can't smoke. I can't do these things before marriage. It's about a relationship. And once you really understand how much God loves you and he knew you before you were even born and how he has a plan for you and he gave you expected in, that's when a lot of people are going to start to wake up and, you know, be woke as the, you know, you know how they little term they're using. Mm-hmm. They're going to wake up to the, to the truth of God and things like that. But um, as believers, we have to make sure we um doing what we need to do to win the souls, like uh, being a proper example at our jobs and whatever, um, whatever place they were at. Yeah, I agree with that, man. People need to see the Lord working in our lives. Um, we need to be be available however he wants to use us. And I agree. Things in the world are getting to the point where it's getting so dark that folks are beginning to just question things more. You know, there, there's there's like a comfortability, like you said, we can we can fall asleep when we're comfortable. But some of the things that are happening, at least in America, I don't know about the whole world, but I'm imagining a lot of it is happening there, too. But here there there's um, like I have friends that are not saved yet. They're worldly. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> right. 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 But they they see stuff happening in the culture and it's so wicked that even they find it wicked and now they're trying to figure out okay what's actually going on here and so they're beginning to ask more questions and that's good because the bible says um that we'll find the lord when we seek him with our whole heart yes you know so even though they're looking for answers you know i believe that a lot of people as they continue to search and figure out you know why is this happening what's going on with people why why are folks crazy it wasn't like this 15 years ago as they continue to kind of get that mentality it's going to draw people closer to christ it's almost just like that rope a dope example i was saying like as things get worse and worse and it seems like the enemy is just beating up on everybody um at some point god is going to move you know, yeah. he's going to move. And when God decides to move, he moves mightily. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Muhammad Ali, he was sitting there. He was like, OK, I can move. I can move. But he he had to he he had a specific time in his mind where he was like, I need George Foreman to get this tired. <laughs> and once he gets this tired, that's when I'm going to move. And I think like you were saying earlier, how we got to come to the end of ourselves Yes. Um, when people are kind of in this darkness a lot more, there's, there's just going to reach a point of uh, failure and God is going to be like, that's when I'm going to move. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's individual for each person, but just like you talk about a revival, I think there's going to be a time where God is just going to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm moving. Yeah. That's, um, a lot of times, um, revival broke out like when um, a country or a place was in distress and things like that. Because um, in every religion, they all look for a savior. Even even in religions that have a whole bunch of guys, like I think Hinduism, the one that got certain parts of Hinduism got a whole bunch of guys. They all look for a savior. They always look for something because we all, whether people believe it or not, we all believe it. Most people believe in a higher power, even atheists. If you really just sit down and talk to them. You really just talk to them. They're going to they gonna confirm that it's something. 
a lot of times atheists, what their thing is, they don't want to be held accountable for their actions. They don't want to have faith in God because they're like, oh, they mean I got to. Because a lot of times people, they feel so ashamed. They feel like God won't accept, accept them. Like even, even as a Christian, even, even after you get saved, a lot of times a person don't be so quick to repent because they feel like, oh, I messed up this time in God, man. Why'd you choose me? I remember one day I was in prayer, like, God, I'm a mess. Like, you sure you called me? Did you have the right number? But one thing about <laughs> one thing about God to understand is if he called you, he's going to equip you. He's going to build you. He's going to mold you into what he wants you to be. And um, people are going to find him. And uh, we just have to be a willing and available vessel because, like, as things get worse, like, one thing in New York I learned is there are more abortions in New York than there are births. And, like, well, women giving birth, trying mm-hmm. to say correctly. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, that's ridiculous. But then again, what's happening is these people are trying to solve, you know, they want the pleasure without the responsibility. Or maybe some circumstances be real wild, but at the end of the day, it's wrong, right? And um, it's going to be a lot of people think to themselves, like, man, wow, da-da-da, 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 this, that, that. There gotta be something. It's kind of like how I started to be an entrepreneur, right? Like I was in my job one day and I picked up something really heavy and put it down. I didn't get hurt, but I think to myself, it gotta be more. Everybody reached that point in their life, like, there gotta be more to this. And one, it was a, a guy in my job, he was an atheist. And I told him, I said, if you look for truth, you're gonna find Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the light. That's all you gotta do. Keep searching for truth. A lot of times you're gonna be, you might start out over here as a Muslim or whatever. But you're going to find Jesus. If you keep searching for truth, you keep seeking. Because honestly, God is so intelligent. I feel like, because nobody comes to the, the Father unless he draw them. I feel like that person searching for truth is God drawing them regardless. Yeah, they may wow. go down the path of being over here and being over there and being over there. And then once they accumulate all the information, then God can save them. Then they be evangelists and go save them people. Because it's kind of hard for me to relate to a Muslim because I, I never was into that. But I can relate to a person that's there was uh, a fornicator, addicted to pornography or whatever, because, you know, this, those are things I used to struggle with until God delivered me. And um, it's always good to be, and plus we got to be honest, too, because a lot of times as saints, we sometimes we make, we make the mistake of perceiving to be too perfect. I'm, I, I'm quick to say it, but my faults. Sometimes I, I'm a real strong man of faith, and I believe God for anything. Sometimes I doubt. It is what it is. Sometimes um, I'm not confident in who I am in God. I'm always confident in him, but sometimes I struggle with who he is. Like, like, um, is he gonna provide for me? Even though he didn't did it ten thousand times, you still gonna have mm-hmm. that one moment. Like, ah, is he gonna do it? God, what God, is like, that though? What is that though? Why can't we experience something like ten thousand times and then still ask the question? <laughs> Honestly, I just like I said, I believe it's just a, a lack of identity, like really understanding who we are and who God is. I know I said it before. But honestly, once we truly understand and really be full of his word and understand his promises of yes and amen, and we truly believe that, it'll get to the point where no matter what the circumstances is, we won't, we won't flinch and move or be, be, we'll be unmovable. Think about Abraham. He left to go to a place he'd never been before. He left his, he left his comfort zone where his family was at, and he just said, I got to work from God. Like, you got to work from God, you can go, you can go do what? Yeah, I got to work from God, I'm gone. All right. Like, <laughs> and like what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Noah. Uh, you know, um, in Genesis talks about the um rain, well not rain, the mist used to come from the ground to water the water the ground. 
never, never, they probably had a, let's just, let's just use our spiritual imagination. They probably have a cloud back in. Probably didn't because it wasn't the purpose of clouds, right? Right? Yeah. So this thing, you know, like it's going to rain. He preached for how long? Like, a, if I'm not mistaken, like a long time, over like 100 years, right? Yeah, yeah. Like 120 or something like that. Yeah, so basically, he kept telling people it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Repent. It's going to rain. Here's the, here's the arc of safety. And people are like, what are you talking about? Da, 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 da. But I, I, I bet the Bible doesn't say this, but from my understanding, I bet when it started raining, that water started getting to their waist. I bet they started to swim. Well, they probably clean swim, but they probably didn't have to get in the water. Mm. But in the day, it's just like through our experiences, we be a confidence. It's kind of like um, I'll say basketball, for example. If you're not really a really good shooter, if you go outside and you keep shooting and work on your form and you keep shooting, 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 you're going to get to the point you know you're going to make it. That's how we got to be with God. Like, okay, God, you, you provided for me this month, last year, five years ago. You don't change, so I know you're going to do it now. And once we um, firmly get that, that proper faith foundation that, all right, God, I believe you no matter what. Because think about, like, uh, the people that were martyred, like, um, in the Bible, it doesn't say how the apostles died, but if you did your research, all of them died horrific deaths except John on mm. the island of Patmos. And, like, if you read, I remember reading it, and I remember they were bold until the end. They were preaching Jesus all the way until whatever happened to them. We got to be sure that, like, look, I serve this God. He's going to provide. I'm, I'm unshakable. I'm unmovable because he provided for me all these years, all this time. And no matter what, can't nobody tell me God ain't God. And that he will not provide because he will because he, he proved to me over and over again. And this time is no different. Yeah, we just got to have our minds made up. And that's one of the scriptures I, I was referencing when I opened up is Jesus said, shall the son of man find faith when he returns to the earth? Like that's something that he's going to be looking for. And he's looking for it because he knows that, that the circumstances are going to be so dire um, yeah. that the, the report from the world is going to try to shake up our faith, but we just got to make sure that we just keep it. Um, man, I'm going to read just a few comments, brother. I'm not going to go through all of them, but, um, you know, Sister Marsha says, we all have a measure of faith, but some have been given the gift of faith. That's, that's correct. Um, that's completely correct. Yeah. How do, how do we, how do we, do you know how we, figure out if we just have a measure of faith or if we have the gift of faith uh, a measure of faith like everybody like everybody giving a measure of faith so it's kind of like think about like a measuring cup like i'm pretty sure it's something in your life that you believe god for that i'm kind of like yeah i believe him but like dog man that's kind of it's kind of a stretch for me and the gift of faith is like you believe god in a supernatural way to the point where it's like it's kind of like what well, was something that's strange like, say your car got stolen. Like, okay. And, you you know, you ain't had no insurance, so you just messed up. The gift of faith is saying, like, Lord, you gonna, I'm, I'm not going to miss a day at work. I'm not going to ever be late. And let's just say you're you, you a person that really, you move, you move to the city, you ain't got no family, you, know, you ain't got no friends, you just there. Like, Lord, I ain't going to miss a day. I just got this car note, Lord, and um, I ain't going to miss a payment. No, wow. you don't make no money to pay that car note. Like, supernatural. Like, oh, I, I believe you. And honestly, when you when you steadfast and unmovable like Abraham, oh, oh, that's supernatural. Like, I'm talking about the circumstances be so dire. Even times in my life, I believe God to the point people be like, are you okay? Like, no, nah, I know God don't do it. He did, he did it before. Mm -hmm. And like, that's when you start getting the supernatural realm of faith. Like, then that's when 
miracles can occur, like healing and things like that. There's been times in my life where I had pain in my body and I prayed and God healed me. And that, and you know, back to my counseling situation, I know God's a healer, so it developed my faith. And like your faith increases because a measure means it can it can be added to, right? The thing about faith being mm-hmm. poured in the cup. As you keep going through your walk with God, he, he can add to your faith. Because we know we go from glory to glory and things like that. But the gift of faith is like supernatural, like to the point where it's like you finna get evicted tomorrow and you ain't got no money. You're kind of negative. And like, oh, oh God, oh yeah. Oh, I, I, oh God, God bless me to get this, so he gonna, he gonna help me to maintain this. And you ain't out here hard down, ain't somebody for no money, ain't some no loan, and they just sitting there like, oh no, God can provide. Has he said mm-hmm. he would? That's when it's supernatural. Yeah, so let me ask you this. When you went through the situation, um, the trial with the cancer, oh. where where do you think your faith level was when you started going through that? And how did that grow your faith? Like, to, like what level would you say it took your faith to? So basically when I had cancer, the daughter said he came, uh, it was a woman, she came in the room. She came around. She looked at me like she about to break up with me. You know, I just she had the perpetual looked on her face like she got to tell me something bad. And she said, um, "We checked your lymph nodes and it's cancerous." And the first thing I thought about, like, okay, I'm not gonna die. Like honestly, I didn't. I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't live for God and nothing like that. But I was proclaiming the scripture: I should live and not die. And I didn't even know it. I was like, okay. And so through that situation, me going through chemo, I'm like, it was awful. Like it was terrible. But I, I always had a perception of, no, nah, I have a purpose in life. I know God going to get me out of this. And then later on down the line, I started living Christ. But it grew my faith tremendously because it's like I learned through no matter what I go through, how, how hard the situation is, God's going to be there. And even if he don't deliver me, God is still a good guy. And no matter what, I'm going to trust him, no matter how I look, no matter what it costs me. Praise the Lord, man. Hallelujah. Um, man, that's just, I'm looking at what, what uh, Ms. Clark says, and faith has to be exercised. And when we exercise it, it grows just like physical exercise is difficult at first, but the more we exercise it, the easier it gets. Um, that's true. That's, that's really good. I like that. That's good. As I'm, man, I'm that's good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do we exercise it? I think like you just said, really, accepting the word of God, mm-hmm. like, like really just, like you said, the affirmations, just repeating the report that God is saying about the situation. Yes, that's correct. Cause it's like, you know, there's always going to be that, that, that there's always going to be bad news. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be some news that contradicts the word of God, but then it's like, okay, let me continuously fight off in any lie that the enemy has. God has a truth to combat it. Like there's, there's always something that the, that the word has to fight. Um, and if you just look at how we arm ourselves, right, we have um, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's the offensive weapon that we fight with. So I feel like the more that we kind of like swing that word around, that's how we get that exercise. That's how we strengthen our faith. Just really just meditating on the word of God. Yep. Like he told Joshua one time, he said, if you meditate on my word day and night, you'll have good success. Yeah, he said that. And another thing, um, one another thing that helps with my faith, I pray in the Holy Spirit a lot. 
Like, the more and more you pray in the Holy Spirit, it gives you more confidence and boldness because, like, it opens up, it, op it opens up things in the spiritual realm. Like, especially when you start breaking through in prayer, like, really having them good long times with the Lord, it increases your confidence because it's like, a lot of times we're not confident in God like we need to be because we're not spending enough time with Him because it's kind of like, like, let's just say me and you were neighbors, and I knew, like, every time I did a grid, he was always there for me, no matter what. Like, on top of you, always showed up. That's because your your actions always matched what you what you said what you're going to do. God is the same way. If he said he's going to deliver us, he's going to deliver us. Now, sometimes he might let us linger something a little bit longer than we want to linger in it, mm -hmm. but he's going to get us out in due season, like uh, like the um, – the, um, the, the woman said, "Faith has to be exercised. Honestly, you got to keep, you got to just keep stepping out on faith. Like me personally, I, I, I'm getting to the point I start praying for people, um, and even if the Lord leaving to prophesy to people, you know, what I'm saying I'm stepping out on faith because a lot of times people are scared. Like, what if I mess up? I told one of my friends the other day, I re, I rather get the bat and swing hard as I can. Even if I miss, I know I'm trying. We can't just sit back and just be up here like I don't know if God gonna do it." I'm, I got a mentality, whether God do it or not, I'm going to pull forth for effort and God going to help me. <laughs> you know, because a lot of times yeah. people say, I don't want to be wrong. You're only wrong when you operate in, in the spirit of the Antichrist. And I'm not, I'm, I'm honestly, I truly, honestly want people to um, go in the right direction and be encouraged. Like, you know, sometimes from time to time, I text different people and ask how they're doing it. I'm, I'm always willing to encourage them. That's a form of um, edifying them, building them up, because you never know what a person's going through. And yeah. those little things get equal to big things. A lot of times people want to preach and 10,000 people get saved. Call your brother, bro. Call your sister. Yeah. You don't know what they're going to do. Do the small things. It's mm -hmm. gonna, you're going to get to the front of that, that church with 10,000 people and you're going to lay hands on everybody and everybody fall out. Yeah, eventually. Call your brother. Call your mom. Call your sister. Check on them. Pray for them. And and agree with them. So that's yeah. what it comes down to. Just step Man, up. that's good stuff, man. Um, I see a question here. Sister Pamela says, what happens when God does not do what we think? Will we still keep the faith God dealt us? So, okay, I think it was rhetorical. She says, sometimes God will say my grace is sufficient. Will we still be able to continue in the faith on the faith path or turn? Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? We we always going to have that those options before us, and we just got to have a made-up mind. Mm -hmm how we're going to respond, how we're going to act in those type of situations. Man, it's some good stuff in here, brother. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to keep you all night. I'm just kind of looking for questions right now. Hey, I ain't got nothing to do. We can stay until tomorrow, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Nah, we ain't. <laughs> no, I, I know. Man. But glory to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, but man, I, I'm just looking at a few at the end. Um, Here's a comment from King of Grace. Faith, no matter what may come, good or bad, the Lord knows what is best for me. Thus, let your will be done over my life, Father God. Amen. That's the type of mentality we got to have. Yep. That's, 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 that's a bold statement because sometimes um, in certain circumstances, we could desire something so strong, but at that moment, it may not be the will of God. I might, like, let's just say it's a situation like, Let's just say I'm single. So what if I try to pursue somebody and I really desire this person because I find them attractive. I feel like they're got a good standing with God and God like, nah, we want it to be his will. But then again, like we have to understand sometimes it's three ways God speak. When he speaks, he's answer either yes, no, or wait. 
Knowing weight is the two hardest things you can ever hear in your life, especially the word weight. But at the end of the day, whatever the, whatever God's answer is, we just have to be confident that he knows what's best for us because he's a good father. Wow. How do we decipher the difference between a weight and a no? Because hmm. some, And I say that because sometimes we can be praying for something and we might not feel like we've gotten an answer right away. Waiting to know. So do you think God always clearly says no, or do you think that um, sometimes it's just just a wait? Hmm. I feel like a no. God, God, uh, okay. I feel like a no. If it's a, it's a, if it's a no, and God like no, this could derail your life. I feel like He'll probably say it in such a strong way you understand. He'll confirm it because mm-hmm. like um. Like me personally, like I'm a dreamer. Well, I feel like every Christian should have dreams because I'm a dreamer. I just feel like it's one way God communicate. So that's one way God communicate me through me with me through dreams and visions. And like um, a lot of times, God told me no in visions. I, one time I was testing this girl. She saved. You know, she she ain't no wrong with her. You know, everything's good. God told me no. You are playing with fire. Now I didn't understand what God was saying. I was like what? So later on, I started to understand. Oh, that was a no. That was a no. Mm. But then sometimes gotta sometimes gotta take a step back like he did in what is it, Chronicles with that king. He took a step back to see what he's gonna do. Sometimes, wow. sometimes like God not saying nothing is answer. Cause you might be praying about something, God already gave the answer, but you didn't like it. So you're gonna pray again. Like, I don't like it, I'm praying again. You might you ain't gonna say it out loud, God. Ain't nobody bold enough to say it out loud, but you're actually <laughs> showing like no nah, God yeah. I ain't feeling that. But sometimes God will, like, we don't, sometimes we can't see God's will in our life. Um, and we just have to understand, like, okay, whatever God's answer is, yes, is yes, no, wait. Whether it's wait or is a no, we have to understand he knows best for us. And sometimes it's hard to say that because, we'll see that because it's like, we could desire something so bad, we could overrule, you know, because we got free will. So honestly, God can tell us no, like, don't talk to that person. You're like, man, that girl, fine, man, bump, I don't know, talk to her. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, she is very awful. She's she's just terrible. And this thing you know, God get me out of it. And then God be like, you know, I love you. Come back. Mm-hmm. Now nah, you gonna listen to me. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I be, man. Um, yeah. You know, one thing I learned too, just about like hearing the Lord's voice, but also just living and answering questions is wisdom. You know, like, uh, so I, I, I used to, well, maybe I still do. At one point, I definitely used to pray for wisdom a lot. And even though I prayed for wisdom a lot, I realized that the way I was living my walk was I would ask God certain things and I basically wanted him to micromanage my life. Like, I wanted him to tell me the answer to every deci- to every question that I had, every decision that I that I needed to make, I wanted him to make that decision. And then one day it just hit me that um, asking for what, that that's not wisdom. What I just explained, just asking God to make every decision for you. That's not wisdom. Wisdom is asking God to give you the wisdom to be able to make the correct decision sometimes. And that's one thing I had to learn because there'll be certain things that I'm going through or certain questions that I want to figure out or I want to know what's the best way to do something. And I'm praying to God like, okay, Lord, let me know how you want me to do this. Let me know how you want me to do that. And I really want him to just do 
all the details and everything. And finally it hit me that he was just like, I've given you wisdom, do it. Like, you know, my character, do it. And I'm thinking about Solomon, right? Because Solomon, we all know he prayed for wisdom and God was pleased with that. Immediately in a word after Solomon prayed for wisdom, he gets this situation where it's these two mothers. I think they were going through a tough time in Israel and they were talking about one of them had eaten the other one's child or something, something weird like that. I forget the details. I know that sounds crazy. Just go read it. <laughs> yeah, it's like First Kings chapter three or four or something like that. Maybe I even see if I can find it. But basically, Solomon made a decision himself. He was just like, okay, um, since y'all don't know, since y'all are telling me is the other's baby, we just going to cut the baby in half or something like that, he said. Yeah. Um, here, I'm going to read it briefly only because <laughs> it's such a wild story. I don't want folks to think that I'm um, making it up. But I'm going to start. It's 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 24. But when you read it, just start at verse 16. It says, and the king said, bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. Then spoke the woman whose the living child was unto the king for her bowels yearn upon her son. And she said, oh, my Lord, give her the living child and in no wise slay it. So there's more. But I won't belabor the point. But um, anyway, he made a decision based off of the wisdom that he already prayed for. And so when I learned that it was um, not it wasn't uh, fun because what it meant was in some situations, the ball's in my court. You know, like, of course, God still speaks to me. Of course, certain things God is going to answer me on and stuff like that. But I just had to learn like some stuff as far as hearing the Lord's voice. He's just going to be like, I gave you wisdom. Apply it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sometimes um, a good amount of time, wisdom comes with experience also. So, like, um, now I completely understand where you're coming from. Like, you really want God like, to fully take control of your life. And honestly, God's not controlling. So I understand because I, I was kind of that way at one point, too. Like, all right, God, just every day, tell me when to go to the store. What's the Walmart Dollar General? You know, it's like real for real, like, come on, we made that kind of decision. But then sometimes God might supernaturally take you to Walmart because it might be a person you need to go pray for or need to go encourage it, do something, whatever. But uh, for the most part, um, he gave us the ability to make decisions on our own. And like, honestly, when we understand, it, like you say, his character, we'll know like this is a bad decision. But when we, when we kind of on the fence, that's when you really need to go in prayer. Like, all right, God, this is not personally a bad decision. Because sometimes you can have a good, a good idea, but it's not a God idea. Yeah. Like, you're not per se doing something wrong. Like, same instance with me. Like, God led me to stop playing my own, playing my video game. I haven't played my video game in seven months. And the reason he did that because he wanted me to spend more time in his word with him and focus on um, other things in my life. Is playing video games a sin? No. But it take away time from me being um, productive to do things that can further the kingdom of God or further my life because... A lot of times people just want money to fall out the sky. And it's like, bro, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta put in some work. And plus, once you be a good steward over it, God can bless you with more things. And when it comes out to, you know, spiritually, God, like, I believe the scripture says, like, um, you ask him for wisdom, he'll give it to you, and he won't, he won't withhold it from you, if I'm not mistaken. I know I just butchered it, but 
Is it in Proverbs? You know what I'm talking about, bro? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Um, Man, you said uh, if we ask, if he asks for wisdom, then he'll give it to us liberally. It might be in James. Yeah, James. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, James came to my mind, but I, I started thinking about Proverbs. I remember Proverbs. Yeah, like yeah. That. But yeah, but yeah. So wisdom come with experience, and honestly, God, God is with us whether we make the best decision or not. Because at the end of the day, He knows best for us, and He'll even if we do. Because I've been times in my life I made bad decisions, and God was there like, I, I'm, I'm gonna catch you. Don't do that. Because <laughs> like, yeah. the, sometimes you make some decisions out of ignorance, and it's just real because you don't know. Like, oh, I don't know if it's a bad idea or not. It's because some things in a gray area, you know, the gray area they're like it's ain't sin, but it's unwise. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah that's good stuff, man. Yeah, um, sometimes I made deci- made uh, decisions out of denial. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And you, yeah. we definitely don't want to fall into that. Uh, I see a question here from Sister Carolyn. Are there any scriptures on the gift of faith? I know you mentioned earlier, brother, uh, was it 1 Corinthians chapter 12? I believe it's chapter 12. And honestly, about the gift of faith, one, one thing about spiritual gifts, um, Elijah, he had the gift of faith. Jesus did, Paul did, all these people did. You have to really search the scriptures. Like like when Paul and um, who's in jail with Paul? Silas? Yeah. Yeah, Silas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So think about it. It was super nice. They was in jail. But they start praising God and the shackles came off and you know, you know, that's one of the great Pentecostal messages, but have people running around the church like, yeah, deliver from my situation. That's yeah. that's the gift of faith. Like, no matter what my circumstance is, God can get me out of this. Um, like Elijah, he had to give of faith, like with the ex head. Like, you gotta kind of you gotta research the scriptures, just really just just look at the supernatural faith. Cause like the gift of faith, like I say, it's supernatural. Like, we believe gotta be saved, that's good. We believe God to do this and do that, and that's great. But when it gets to the point where, like, all right, God, this ain't going to happen unless you intervene. That's the gift of faith. And and you got to be, like, unmovable. That's how you know you got the gift of faith. Like, you unmovable. Like, I'm talking about it's outrageous. It's, it ain't going to happen until God intervene. Wow. That's when the gift of faith comes in. Man. Man, that's good stuff, brother, man. We could talk about this all night. Um well, brother, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. God is just so good. And uh, this is important to talk about faith because we're going to need it in our personal lives. You know, we're going to need it through things that we go through. And and as I said in the beginning, this is something that, that the Lord will be looking for. And this is something that God requires for us to please him. Like you cited earlier, it's impossible to please God without faith. So um, I apologize for not being able to get to every comment and question tonight. But um Man, God is just so good. You got any closing thoughts before we sign off, brother? Well, um, all, all I can say is um, let's just this another word for faith is like you can substitute it for trust. You can substitute it for trust. So if you trust God with all your heart and lead not to your understanding, basically everything will be okay. And just honestly, it's some people that got on um, probably on this podcast right now. They they um God comes through some mighty things and like they probably um have fear and maybe unbelief about it. Honestly, step out and trust God. If God called you to be an evangelist or whatever, whatever, you know, it's, it, it don't have to be a big thing because sometimes people want to be pastor and evangelist. Sometimes people need to just operate in ministry that helps and you're really good at helping people. You're really good at at your local church or whatever. But um, trust God and step out on faith and God can use you in such a, in such a big way in a small setting. I always keep that in mind. Man. That's amazing, bro. Well, listen, man, I'm just grateful to have you on. I'm grateful for everybody for hanging out with us tonight. Um, God is good. That's all I have to say. 
You all take care and be blessed. This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. I keep it solid. I'm dropping knowledge, wisdom, understanding, just like you done went to college. Devil know we working, his goal is to try to stop it. Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it. Controversial topics, just to keep it honest. Truth hit hard, just like it's a blunt object. Culture living godless, I can't even call it. We in the last days, Babylon is falling. Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Let's walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only around the shell We say we trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages, the blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases. I pleaded and believe it, so it covers all my bases. Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity. Social media, nothing more than narcissistic vanity. PC culture on a mission, and they try to cancel me, but I know Jesus gonna. Keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty No I can't handle me Not where I wanna be But best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit Main event and slambery So I need them every day This daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron So I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here But guarantee the link in heaven The born again and righteous Are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith And be amongst the saints When they step in